0: Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclid 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. How are you guys doing? Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome to the Nick Wilson Show.
1: Sounds like a typical bastard. So we got wine
2: in Nick Wilson's mind?
1: My mind is a raging torrent flooded with rivulets of thought. You're about to find out. Ooh, but, ooh. Look who knows so
0: much. Nick Wilson is on now.
2: Sports Radio 92.7 uh Scott Fowler of the Charlotte Observer coming up in just about 20 minutes. Five questions coming up in about 40 minutes. The five burning questions that I have for y'all here on a Tuesday. It's been a pretty... Newsworthy day today. Um, obviously, today is the day where Deshaun Watson's hearing begins, and that could have a very real, very real impact on the Carolina Panthers' pursuit of Baker Mayfield. But we also heard from the ACC this year that in 2023, the ACC will adopt a 3 5 5 football scheduling model, so they're doing away with uh divisions and uh. I kind of made the joke earlier that, well, now whoever Clemson plays in the ACC title game will only lose by three touchdowns as opposed to five. If Miami, Florida State, uh, NC State, North Carolina, if Wake Forest, if, if two or three teams can step up next to Clemson, the one division thing could be very, very good for the ACC. In the end, it probably is better than just having divisions which never the, my problem is the primary opponents but that was coming out from the acc and then uh an interesting tweet from a feller in uh norman oklahoma and i think i lost it already what the hell's this guy's name again ibif I, I'm sorry. I set you up to fail there. That was shots moved by me. I was not trying to uh, to do that to you. Uh, so basically, a writer from Norman, Oklahoma, uh, who works on a fan site, is also part of the morning show, named Kerry Murdoch, said he asked Baker Mayfield if there was a chance for a reconciliation with the Browns if they were without their quarterback this season, and he said the Browns would have to reach out to start that process. Mayfield said he has moved on. That's really significant because this is assuming that Kerry Murdoch, and this is a pretty big assumption. We're just talking about a guy on Twitter. As far as I know, I've, I've not heard of Kerry Murdoch, although I have heard of the sports animals, which is the, the morning show there, which he is a part of, but this is significant. I I said today to start the show. I think there's like a 1% chance. I think I put it a 0.9% chance Baker Mayfield plays for Cleveland next year. And it has a lot more to do with Deshaun Watson's future near future than it does Baker Mayfield or the Cleveland Browns. If Deshaun Watson, here's the reason why I generally believe that we overblow quarterback controversies. Two players competing to be the starting quarterback isn't a controversy. The only controversy that occurs is if there isn't a clear winner or loser or if there are divisive personalities involved. Baker Mayfield, is a divisive personality in that locker room. There are people in Cleveland that have said, I'm a Baker Mayfield guy. I'm sad to see Baker Mayfield go. They've said that after they traded for Deshaun Watson. So if Deshaun Watson gets suspended for eight games, there is no way in hell the Cleveland Browns would allow Baker Mayfield to still be in their locker room, knowing that eight games in, there no matter what happens they're going to be turning over to the guy they just gave $288 guaranteed million dollars to. There's no way. Not only is, is Deshaun more talented, the money says you're going to be going to Deshaun Watson whenever he's off his suspension. If it's 15 games, well, that's going to hurt. You're probably not going to win a lot this year, but you're not going to put that situation in a locker room in the off chance that you have to pivot late in December to Deshaun Watson and disrupt the chemistry. Plus. For eight games, can you trust Baker Mayfield afterwards if there's already a lack of trust there? Can you trust him to be play good soldier the second half of the season if Deshaun Watson comes back halfway through the season? I would say they don't trust him, and I would say he doesn't trust them. The only way this happens is if Baker Mayfield is made good by the Cleveland Browns. But to start that process, Baker Mayfield said "If they, they, this process has to be started by the Browns. I agree. I'll tell you why in a second. But the only way that this becomes a possibility is if Deshaun Watson is suspended by, for, by the NFL for 17 games or more. And that's a definitive suspension. What that means is there's a settlement here and Deshaun agrees not to push back and it's just a settled matter. Which I don't know how likely that is. But if it's 17 games, Baker will not be disrupted in that locker room. Cleveland is still a better team, talent-wise, than either Carolina or Seattle. Cleveland gives Baker the best chance to to get that next contract because he's playing with the most talent. He's also been there for four seasons. It makes sense. If Deshaun Watson isn't going to play at all next year, because then... It's just like any other year. Even though there's a finality to Baker Mayfield's not going to be in that locker room a year from now. At least the locker room knows. He's our guy now. Next year next year's next year. From a coaching staff from an, that's a lot easier to manage than the old half-year suspension. For a guy who used to be the starting quarterback. Because that's the other caveat. This isn't Tom Brady getting suspended for four games. Or eight games. Or it ended up being four games. A season. And then going from Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Brady to Garoppolo. Back to Brady. Not the same thing. Brady was the established guy. Just had a short term suspension. But I think this, this should scare every Panthers fan. Because Kerry Murdoch doesn't really have a reason being from Norman, Oklahoma in the Norman uh, Norman Oklahoma media, he doesn't have any real reason to 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 say something that benefits Cleveland and their negotiating power. Especially if it comes directly from Baker Mayfield. He has no reason to stick up the Carolina Panthers or Seattle and strike up the the leverage of the Cleveland Browns. It doesn't really make sense. So this is an independent aspect here's the number one thing that the cleveland browns have to understand that they've got to make baker mayfield whole though they have to because they disrespected him publicly and they disres they were the one that i think broke the their the the report that said it's not just about chasing deshaun watson that's understandable right like it becomes hearsay when Baker said they didn't tell me that they were gonna uh, run, uh, they were gonna chase Deshaun Watson. That's hearsay. He could be lying. I don't think he is, but he could be lying. The Browns could also be lying when they say uh, we, when they when they say we told Baker Mayfield that we were gonna have these conversations. But it's hearsay. They were the ones that summoned in that organization went to the national media and released a, a report saying we're going to. We're we're looking for an adult in the room at quarterback, and they said that after the guy that stabilized them got their first playoff win in over thirty years, who stabilized the organization, started the most games, uh, con- uh, most games as the starting quarterback in four years than any other quarterback since Bernie or since Bernie Kosar or Vinny Testaverde thirty years ago. You said he's not an adult in the room after chasing a guy with 24 allegations and lawsuits of sexual impropriety and assault that's personal you got to if you're the cleveland browns whether that's a promise to not franchise tag him if he balls out falling in for a full year of deshaun watson whether it is you give him a 5 million dollar bump or bonus or put more incentives in his contract whether that is a public apology the cleveland browns have to make Good to Baker Mayfield. I grew up a Cleveland Browns fan. I am a Baker Mayfield fan. I don't give a damn that he's a bit of a diva. I don't give a damn that he wears his heart on his sleeve. I like that. Give me somebody real. And I am offended at the way the Cleveland Browns handled Baker Mayfield. It's not the moving on. It's the adult in the room crap. That was too far. And the Cleveland Browns have not earned. This is not the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is not the uh, Dallas Cowboys. This is not the New Orleans Saints. I'm talking about recent success, so maybe you should drop the Cowboys out of that. But this is not one of the best teams in the NFL the last 20 years. This is a team that has been perpetually crap. A god-awful organization. They win one winning season in 22 years. And the guy that got them there, they basically called a child and said they'd rather have somebody, can, somebody accused of sexual assault. Saying that guy was more of an adult than that. It's personal with Baker Mayfield. The Browns have to make it unpersonal. Now, when it comes to the Carolina Panthers, this is the worst news possible. Because I think there's a decent chance that Deshaun Watson gets suspended. For more than 17 games. And he ends up missing more than a full season. The 1% that I talked about. That's more about the Browns. Tucking their tail. And making good with Baker Mayfield. I am i think that's the bigger leap. Than Deshaun Watson gets suspended for 17 games. But if you can't get Baker Mayfield. I do think Jimmy Garoppolo is a better quarterback than Sam Darnold. But if you can't get Baker Mayfield. Your chance at having. Meaningful, real meaningful quarterback play this year. And a guy that can win you games as opposed to just not lose him goes out the window. I've seen Baker Mayfield win games pretty consistently two years ago. The 49ers have either won in spite of or won neither in spite of or because of Jimmy Garoppolo. Martellus Bennett Five years ago, six years ago in New England, called him the B-word. Because he didn't play through injury. Guys in San Francisco, kind of over the Jimmy Garoppolo thing because he didn't throw the ball down the field. And guys in the NFL, they know that a guy sucks before you and I do. They don't. I don't know that anybody dislikes Jimmy because he's a really good leader. But the gap to me between Baker and Jimmy... Is a lot more significant. Don't look at the stats. Look at what the player does. Jimmy Garoppolo has put up really good stats. Won a bunch of games. In the best possible scenario. Top five defense every year. One of the five best offensive lines in the NFL every year. And one of the best and brightest young NFL coaches. That we have in Kyle Shanahan. Baker Mayfield. Has had more success than any Browns quarterback in the last twenty-two years in the worst possible situation. Number one pick. Uh pro uh longtime Hall of Fame left tackle had retired. Offensive line in shambles. Defense wasn't ready to compete. Went through four head coaches in his first four years in in year four or year three. He took him to the playoffs. Got a playoff win in your rival stadium with a, with an organization stricken by COVID. The gap between Jimmy and Sam, eh, it's still a gap. The gap between Baker and Jimmy and the success that you can have is significant. 704-570-9610. So the latest here, uh, a reporter, publisher, and host from Norman Sports Talk Radio said that he asked Baker Mayfield if there was any chance for a reconciliation with the Browns, and he said the Browns would have to reach out to start that process. Mayfield has said he has moved on. I'm sure this is something that we're going to get into more throughout this week because this is significant. This is not a no report. This is Baker Mayfield going on the record and saying something antithetical What people in Cleveland. I guarantee you guys, people in Cleveland are talking about this today because the Cleveland media, my friends in the media, people I love and respect don't want Baker Mayfield back because for a year they blamed all the Browns misgivings, all the struggles on Baker Mayfield and they dogged this dude for a straight damn year. They don't want him back. In the end, it's probably what Cleveland should do if Deshaun Watson... No, it's not probably. It is what Cleveland should do. Would you rather have Baker Mayfield or Jacoby Brissett? Case closed. It's what they should do if Deshaun Watson gets 17 or more games. The problem is, it is disastrous for the Carolina Panthers. And I just can't imagine the Carolina Panthers having less luck at the quarterback position than they had the last three years. Granted, they made their own luck. They signed Teddy Bridgewater knowing who he was, and he turned out to be Teddy Bridgewater. They traded for Sam Darnold in spite of all logic because they really squinted hard and said he could be the guy. He's not. They passed on quarterbacks each one of these years in the draft until this year, and then the only competition they brought in is a late third-round pick. And oh, by the way, the reason why they might miss out on Baker Mayfield is a difference of a couple million dollars and timing. But man it would get bleak if baker stays in cleveland 704-570-9610 who starts week 1 at quarterback for the carolina panthers scott fowler columnist for the charlotte observer he joins us next we'll get into the quarterback situation in carolina and the clifford hire on sports radio 927 fnc sports radio 92 7 fnc five questions coming up in about 20 minutes the five burning questions that i have uh, one of them's really interesting considering the latest report on baker mayfield coming out of norman or sorry let's not say report the latest uh tweets coming out of norman that baker mayfield might be amiable to going back to cleveland that's the first we've heard of that i think that's significant in the meantime We got the Steve Clifford press conference coming up at one. You guys are going to want to listen to what Steve had to say. I would love it. It'd be really funny if the Charlotte Hornets just replayed his first press conference, like just deked us all out and just played his first press conference. I was like, just kidding, guys. You're never going to hear from him because we kind of half-assed this higher. Uh, However, Steve will be uh, coming on the station at one. I believe he's going to be joining Kyle Bailey this afternoon and then Mac and Bone tomorrow morning so to go ahead and talk about the clifford hire and so much more we might get in on this baker mayfield talk as well he is a columnist for the charlotte observer good man as well scott fowler on the guest line scott welcome back to the show buddy
0: glad to be back thanks for having me
2: well we're happy to have you here so uh, i i read your piece on it i don't want to give away your take on the steve clifford hire but did the hornets make a good hire with steve clifford
0: given the circumstances i say yes I know that is not necessarily popular uh, to say they actually may have got this right, but I think, you know, if they weren't going to hire, uh, if they weren't going to hit a home run, and um, and I also wrote a column earlier thinking they should really look out of the box and look at hard at Don Staley, given none of that happened and uh, Kenny Atkinson travesty, I thought Clifford was actually a good move. I've always admired his coaching ability. Even when he left, I thought he got fired uh, too early here. And on either side of him, the Hornets' record getting into the playoffs has really been pathetic. Uh, With Clifford, they made it two out of five years. So I think he's a defensive-minded coach, and I think he'll actually succeed here again. Uh,
2: Scott, let's look at because I tried to do this earlier, because I am somebody who, I like the coach, The fit really scares me, and Mm -hmm. so I. But I. But given that I'm not a fatalist, I don't necessarily think it's it's doomed. But I just am concerned about it. Let's start with the best case scenario. What do you think the best case scenario is for Steve Clifford 2.0 in Charlotte?
0: Best case scenario: re-sign Miles Bridges, uh, get lucky with one of the young players or two, you know, to emerge the the core of about five of them that he's going to have to work with. Uh, Get him to play some young players a little bit more. I think that'll be certainly part of this that he's going to need to. He definitely favored veterans when he was here the first time. and All of that, uh, you know, win 45 games uh, rather than 43 this first year and end up as a sixth seed. That would probably be a best-case scenario.
2: All right, let's go to the opposite side. What's the worst-case scenario with uh, the Steve Clifford hire?
0: Uh, worst case would probably be he and LaMelo immediately clash. Uh, they lose bridges somehow, you know, and restricted free agency. Uh, and they just, you know, they, <laughs> they really bomb. And, it is, you know, in Orlando, after he left here, you know, he made the playoffs the first two years. And then their third year, they really bobbed. They went, they won like 21 games or something, and and that was the end of the Clifford era in Orlando. So he he's had those, you know, couple of postseasons in his last two stops, but then it's gone sour. And you know, he's 60 years old. He's not going to be here 10 years. But I think that that yeah, worst case scenario, sure they you know they win 25 and they're doing this again next year. But I really don't. I just don't really foresee that happening. I don't. I think he's too solid and steady a guy for it to just all go completely to pieces.
2: Scott Fowler, columnist for the Charlotte Observer on the guest line. Uh, we are breaking down the Steve Clifford hire. He will speak to the media at one. Will Steve Clifford, that'll be played on this very show on this very station. Let's get to that Miles Bridges thing. I'm sure some of this is just public negotiations and public pressure on all sides here. How likely is it that you think Miles Bridges isn't a Charlotte Hornet next year?
0: I think it's, you know, 80-20 that he's back. Uh, They really seem to have publicly said nothing, but we really, really want him. Uh, But we've seen, you know, Kupchak does have a limit on uh, he is not, uh, Marty Herney, and he doesn't just re-sign guys because he likes them or, you know, is overly loyal to them, and so I think, you know, I mean, there's there's that 20% that somebody else makes a, a really, really crazy offer that the Hornets don't want to match, I suppose. You know, I thought one year, at one point, they never would lose Kemba, and and Cup check parted with Kemba probably at the right time, although I didn't think it was at the right time, really. Uh, but Bridges is, I mean, still on the upside. Going, his career is really going in the right direction. That's just a guy you can't lose. So I, I think he's going to be back.
2: Scott, um, one of the thoughts behind not re signing or not giving Miles Bridges the max contract is the luxury tax which which Michael Jordan has said he'll only go into is if they're contending. The the there were other thoughts on the Kenny Atkinson walk away that, that was tied to uh paying assistance and the Hornets do have a reputation around the NBA as being a very frugal organization. If Michael Jordan doesn't spend now, is it safe to assume he won't ever spend
0: <laughs> well, I, I think I think that reputation is somewhat uh, erroneous. I, I think they've they've spent a fair—they're not—this isn't the Donald Sterling uh, era out here. I mean, they really spend some money. I think they probably made the right call on Kemba. You could argue they've overpaid several people, uh, Gordon Hayward, uh, et cetera, Nic- Nicholas Batum. So I think they've, they've, you know, spent some money. Michael has uh, certainly said that, that he doesn't want to go luxury tax. I think Bridges is the guy they're going to reach for. If they don't reach for Bridges, uh, to your point, though, which is a good one, yeah, I mean, that's a bad sign. Because here you are trying to restart again with a coach, and you cannot waste the LaMelo ball eight years. You know, LaMelo is starting to hit his prime, should get better in the next, Three years, got to keep him. Obviously, that's a max contract, but you got to surround him with people. Lamelo is better, you know, when he's got a lot of scores around him. So, and Miles has got to be one of those.
2: Scott Fowler, the Charlotte Observer, on the guest line here on the Nick Wilson Show on Sports Radio ninety two seven FNZ. We are talking Hornets here, but I wanted to get uh, your thoughts on the breaking news here from the ACC. They have eliminated divisions uh there are going to be three opponents that are played annually for each school and then the rest uh will rotate with uh with home in in a ways um on the scheduling model here i want to know whether you like it and who do you think came out on top on the scheduling model for the ACC.
0: I haven't seen the scheduling model. Did they lose any big rivalries? I mean, I know the general idea, but was there anybody who's not playing that really should be playing every year? Or have you looked at it close enough yet? So it,
2: there hasn't been any of that, but it's like one of Clemson's three annual opponents is Georgia Tech. Um, what was Oh, and, oh yeah. Miami has Boston College. Like some of them just, mm-hmm. quite frankly, don't make a lot of sense to me.
0: Yes, right. I mean, I'm sure whenever you're doing one of those, you're, you're throwing together people at at the end, where you're just matching people up randomly. Uh, I do like the general idea. I mean, honestly, the division thing. I had to refresh myself every single year on who was in where, and it never. I never really liked it. You know, Atlantic and Coastal, and the fact that three of the best teams often seem to be in one division and then somebody would sneak into the ACC championship game and then there'd be a 45 to 17 blowout or something in Charlotte. I like it. I mean, it feels more like basketball. It feels, and in this, in this model, correct me if I'm wrong, but you just get to the top two teams end up playing. Is that just the way you you do it? Yes, sir. Yeah. So I, I mean, I think that's, I think that's better. I, I have not seen the scheduling module, so I can't tell you who got uh, who got the shaft because I right. don't know who's who's UNC's opponent.
2: Uh, they've got NC State, Duke, and who am I missing, Fitty? Virginia. Oh, Virginia. That one they got right.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah, that one's correct. Yeah.
2: So, Scott, I'll. I'll, I'll Uh, From the sports side of things, because we finish up every interview with our five questions for our guests. I'll get to those in just a second. But I I did want to ask you the million-dollar question or $20 million question that I've asked every Panthers reporter, columnist, fan for the last four months. Who starts week one at quarterback for the Carolina Panthers?
0: Oh, I still think it's Donald. Uh, I think think the Mayfield thing is a tease. I don't think that ends up being... I don't think that ends up happening. Yeah. So, yeah. Darnold. I think Darnold is the, uh, is the de facto starter week one.
2: All right. So let's get to our five questions. We're going to try and do this rapid fire. Okay. These are questions we're going to answer in the next segment. Number one. Oh, well, you just answered it actually. Cause I asked who are, uh, who is the starting quarterback week one? You said, uh, Sam Darnold Two. which biopic is the most rewatchable.
0: Hmm. Biopic motion How about Rick Flair's?
2: ooh, okay, all righty, All right, what is your summer anthem this year if you have one?
0: Tommy, uh, maybe I'd say
2: ooh, okay, all right, what is uh, that one threw me off a little. I was not expecting a little Carly Ray Jetson here. uh, what is one thing you don't wash enough?
0: Oh jeez, uh my car.
2: Yeah, I'm right there with I got pollen still on my car. All right, what college football program this is be Paul Finebaum called one college football program mediocre. One one powerhouse mediocre. What college football program do you think of as mediocre? Michigan. All right. that Very, very good there. All right. Uh, F- Scott, you are fantastic as always. Everybody read Scott's work on uh, The Observer and TheObserver.com. Scott Fowler, columnist for the Charlotte Observer. Thanks for playing along, man. Really do appreciate your time.
0: You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Y'all have a good
2: one. You too. Scott Fowler there. Uh, we'll get to those five questions. But there were some interesting things. One, I after the report's coming out of Norman, and I'm actually looking – there's actually a video. We'll see if we can get this at some point in the show of uh, Baker Mayfield being asked if Deshaun Watson is suspended. Will he return to Cleveland in 2022? It. This is the first time I felt like there's a decent chance or a realistic chance. That Baker Mayfield stays in Cleveland. But it's all... in. T- it, I, if it's 16-game suspension for uh, Deshaun, I I don't think he's going to be back. It has to be a full season. 15 games, I think it's going to be 15 games of Jacoby Brissett and two games of uh, Deshaun Watson. I just don't see... It has to be a full season because there are implications beyond just Deshaun Watson and Baker Mayfield. It wouldn't be worth the hassle if you're Cleveland. Because you're going to have to start those conversations, and you are going to have to, really have to, find a way to make it good with Baker Mayfield. And I also, listen, a lot of what Steve said, what Scott said about Steve Fowler, I also agree with. I think Steve Clifford is a good head coach. I'm really worried about his ability to adapt. And you know what? Maybe that's unfair to Steve. I think they're putting Steve Clifford in a position where he has to adapt, and they're going to ask him to do things that he hasn't done yet or that we we don't have a lot of evidence that he's done. I also think the NBA is incredibly young. I, I have thought of Steve as a guy who at this point in his career might be a little bit more of a win-now guy, might be working a little bit easier with veterans. He can still do it. But, man, I wonder if the Hornets are putting Steve Clifford in a position to succeed. And I would hate if they didn't. One, because he deserves it. He he deserves respect. And two, because it would set back what they've got here. All right, you heard the five questions with Scott Fowler. We're going to answer them next on Sports Radio 92.7 FNC. Sports Radio 92.7 FNC. Coming up in 20 minutes, the Steve Clifford press conference. We're getting introduced to Steve Clifford again, but uh, excited to be carrying that live on Sports Radio 92.7 FNC. Don't forget, by the way, Stan Norfleet going to make an appearance in the 1 o'clock hour today. So uh, excited to see Stan. It's been a, a hot minute there. In the meantime, anybody, are you ready for the five questions today? Cause I am. Let's get into it. We just asked Scott Fowler some of these. Pitch in on the garage door guru text line when you can. Or at Nick Wilson says if you want to answer our little questionnaire there. So anybody fitty, I asked this one. I'll ask it to you. Who is the week one sorry, what
1: is the week one quarterback matchup between Carolina and Cleveland? I'm gonna i I'm gonna stick with Sam Darnold and Carolina. And I think after recent tweets, not reports, but tweets, Baker Mayfield will start for the Cleveland Browns. Can you – all right. What is more
2: enraging to people in their respective towns? Is it Baker Mayfield starting week one and balling out against Carolina? Or is it Baker Mayfield starting week one and balling out in Cleveland? Because I kind of feel like we've reached a point where those things are a lot more equal than I would have thought four months ago. If it's Baker Mayfield versus Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield goes out there and and, and taps that ass, guys, I'm just going to let you know, there will be I Told You So radio on Monday. All right? And I will tell Matt Rule, I told you so. I will tell the Carolina Panthers, I told you so. I will tell every jabroni that's been like, Sam could still turn it around. Ben McAdoo could save his career, and then people saying Baker Mayfield is mid. I will, I will eat your lunch. Week one now. If Sam Darnold balls out and Baker Mayfield looks like crap, and it's Darnold uh, here and Baker there, I will be sick for a week. <laughs> uh, I probably would lean where you were. I, I think Deshaun's probably I. I think he's probably going to get a season, and if he gets a season, I think Cleveland's going to be smart about this, and I think Baker is going to be smart about this. All right, five questions. That is number one. Again, what is the week one quarterback matchup between Carolina and Cleveland? It's wild that there are two NFL teams that face each other week one, and we can't answer that definitively for either team. Number two, I was watching Ali last night. He was on, and one, Will Smith is just other level in that i mean just a, one i uh, maybe one of the underrated will smith performance roles because there i think there's a lot more uh, more talked about roles with him he's uh, he's mesmerizing and not just that the whole cast is phenomenal jamie fox is bundini brown uh, i can't remember who plays his uh his second wife or his his uh, fiance when they're in uh uh zaire together but it's fantastic
1: I will ask you, which biopic is the most rewatchable? The Last Dance doesn't count because it's a documentary about a season. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, it's a Michael Jordan puff piece. But continue. <laughs> I Saw the Light. It's about uh, Hank Williams Sr. And it's, uh, and Tom Hiddleston, British actor, is Hank Williams Sr. That's what really turned me on to Tom Hiddleston's acting abilities. Was a Brit portraying a country music uh, legend and he did a really good job of it so if we go by
2: if we go music biopic johnny cash and walk the line is one is is uh, is a perfect movie for me uh but i have i'm going to give you the one that nobody ever will talk about if you guys haven't seen the best of enemies taraji p henson plays a uh, a school board activist in the south uh, named Ann Atwater, and it's about her and the former head of the KKK in town becoming friends. Mm. Uh, not becoming friends, that's the wrong, but getting to know each other and changing the situation in that school district, it is really a powerful movie. But And, and Taraji P. Henson's fantastic in it. But my favorite biopic ever, Cinderella Man. It's so good, dude. Um it, it's good Russell Crowe, which we don't get in every movie. Renee Zellweger is fantastic. Um, Paul Giamatti is the, bo- like, pop, pop, jam! I Or pop, pop, bam, not pop, pop, jam. That's, pop, pop, jam feels like a kid's game. Pop, pop, bam is punching somebody in the face. However, Cinderella Man to me is one of my favorite biopics of all time, and most rewatch, I can watch it anytime, any season, any day, any part of the day, give me Cinderella Man. Number
1: three of our five questions. What is your summer anthem this year, Itty Bitty pitty? It's not uh, Call Me Maybe by Carly Rae Jepsen. <laughs> that threw me off so hard.
2: I don't know if Scott was just screwing with us, but if Scott Fowler said, <laughs> <laughs> Call Me
1: Maybe. <laughs> I at first had to think, who the hell is that song by? And second, I was like, huh? But go ahead. Uh, so a current song that's out now doing this by Luke Combs. Okay. Um, but So maybe this is just me, and maybe you feel the same way. I'm more of a classic rock guy in the summer. Uh, so in the winter, are you more of a rap guy? No, I'm still more of a you know. Well, usually you know, on, from six to six, I'm listening to sports radio 92.7 FNZ. That's a good call. The boss might be listening. But when I'm not listening to the station, like it's usually country music or a podcast. But in the summer, mm-hmm. I love me some classic rock. So like any good Eagle song, uh, "Life in the Fast Lane," "Hotel California." Those are real good summer anthems for me.
2: So I've got two right now, and they're two songs that have been released in the last three months. Uh, red Hot Chili Peppers' Black Summer is really friggin' good. Was it, it Red Hot? Uh, it is It is white hot. That's how good it is. <laughs> but the one that I just, every time, I can't, I really can't stop listening to it is Wild Child by the Black Keys. Um Their new album has a lot more things that I'm hot or cold on, but Wild Child is so fun, so infectious. And every time I listen to it, I wanna listen to it again. That is my, uh, so Wild Child by the Black Keys is my summer anthem this year. All right, I got lectured by my wife and rightfully so, because when I came home for for my final day before the cabin, I didn't wash my vegetable chili bowl that I bring every, and I never wash it. And then I came back yesterday and I didn't wash it before I came in and ate out of that bowl. So my wife is like, when was the last time you uh, washed the bowl that you eat vegetable chili out of every day for lunch for your Ph.D. products? And I was like, I I couldn't tell her. There's a real chance that I haven't washed that bowl since uh, late April. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Yeah, leave him out of it. Um, Because my thinking is, it's a soup. Any toxins get washed out every day by being cooked in it. So in some ways, it's it, it's just got a little bit of, it's not not it have dirt in it. It just has old vegetable chili residue that every day gets cleaned out because there's more water added to it and, and a new mix added.
1: How much mold have you eaten in the last three months? I think I'm going to live
2: forever. That's all you need to know. So <laughs> what is one thing, Itty Bitty Fitty, you don't wash enough? And realize
1: you'd like to have a job later this week. Um, it's really hard because I'm very picky about my stuff being clean. Like I wash my my clothes once. I don't wash my bed sheets enough. Like yeah. I, like I should wash them because I sweat in my sleep. Uh huh. Once a Amongst week. Amongst other things. Y- yes. Um. And right now, <laughs> I mean, it's, right now it's been a month. So I, in
2: college, my rule of thumb was I would wash my sheets. Every time I got a new girlfriend, and, Whoa. I, and I didn't realize until afterwards, because I was thinking it would be really it, it, like, it'd be just really kind of crappy to to be sleeping on covers or whatever if you had dated somebody and been it like it just it it was a, a little too much for me. And then I realized I dated a girl for a year, and I dated like three girls back to back to back, and I dated another girl for a short like I realized how my longer relationships how dirty my bed really really
1: got and how not okay that was you should wash it once a month every six weeks at worst. the text line wants to know if i wash Ramsey's. yes when when the bed gets washed and i wash my pills and stuff separately Ramsey does make it into the washer and by the way and put dryer his name machine. On it.
2: it's uh it's you dry Ramsey, he's a stuffed animal why doesn't he dry himself or
1: just air dry he he wants to be included with all the other drying materials so he wants to have a drying orgy. Does Ramsey?
2: <laughs> 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 oh, it's time to get washed, is it? <laughs> Look out, linens, because Ramsey's a-coming. Final one here of our five questions. And again, first one was what is uh, or what is the week one quarterback matchup between Carolina and Cleveland? Which biopic is the most rewatchable? What are your summer anthems or what is your summer anthem this year? What is one thing you don't wash enough? And finally, Paul Feinbaum called, well, I'll, tell, I'll explain who it is afterwards because I don't want people to say this. He called one football powerhouse, legendary football program, mediocre. So that's all they are anymore. What college football program do you think of when I say mediocre college football program?
1: Texas, USC, Michigan. I would go Miami. Like Miami
2: now, they'll have like one nine-win season every two years or four years
1: or whatever, and people are like, "Miami's back." So here's my thing with Miami. Like I, they Texas were historically just great crap. over like for like thirty years. Uh-huh. They got really good in the eighties. That carried over into the 90s, and then by the mid-2000s, it was done. Like, to me, that's not, like, legendary is 50 to 60 years of greatness. I think you're splitting hairs. When you were born, Miami was one of the five best programs
2: in football and had been for 15 years. They were. And then they had another 15 years before they crapped out. A 30-year run is pretty, in college football, that's pretty transcendent. You can't punish the uh, University of Miami because Howard Snellenberger didn't show up until 1976 or whatever it was. (laughs) Uh, All right, guys, here these are. You can either answer these on... Uh, At Nick Wilson says on Twitter, or I did put it in my Instagram story. At Nick Wilson says as well. Or you can hit us up on the garage door guru text line. Uh, What is the week one quarterback matchup between Carolina and Cleveland? Which biopic is the most rewatchable? Again, check out the best of enemies. Taraji B. Henson and Sam Rockwell. It is a fantastic one. What is your summer anthem this year? What is one thing you don't wash enough? In what college football program do you think of as mediocre? Paul Feinbaum said Florida. And he, he has isn't wrong. Uh, TFB saying uh, Tennessee football is mediocre. I don't think tenf- Tennessee football lately even even deserves to be called mediocre. I think I think it's just a bad football program. I think they're actually finally on the right um, the right path, but this is a bad football program. Three three six number saying a uh, magic potion meaning that's the uh, the Black Keys album, uh, and then. Uh, panther bow saying wake me up by Foles." we'll get to more of that but steve clifford's press conference next on sports radio 92 7 fnc